0: Hey Turbo fans, thanks for joining us for episode five of the Turbo Comics cast. As shops start to open again and distribution of comics start to return, we're gonna be talking a little bit about the impact of the pandemic that we've all been going through, the impact of that pandemic on the industry itself, new comics on the horizon, modern grails, also digital books and tons more. So definitely join us, definitely follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and here we
1: go. Welcome to the Turbo Comics podcast, episode five. This one covers a lot. Sit back, relax, and enjoy.
0: Hey, listeners, I'm your host, Max, and I'm here with Turbo Stalwarts and comic book boon Zach and Matt. How are you guys doing today?
1: Good. I'm a stalwart now. That's fucking awesome. You, you,
0: you've uh, graduated a stalwart, so you should be happy.
1: I made it no longer a
0: Padawan. Well, I hope you're wearing a cap and gown, so. <laughs> Moving on up, not this
1: year. Um, no. Aww. <laughs> oh, uh, we try to have, have fun down. on the podcast. Matt ruins it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you guys doing all right? You guys doing okay? Yeah. 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 Hey, we responded quicker that time. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no awkward silence this time. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, man. I'm doing uh, doing good. How about you, Max? How you doing?
0: We're always doing good here, you know we're we're always you know keeping it real. Um, you know we're we're slowly starting to come out of the you know the coronavirus um, stuff kind of sort of, are we? I don't know, you know, but um there's a lot of weird developments, obviously, um, you know that are going on right in in the industry. And I know you guys have noticed them, haven't you?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like yeah. I, so I mean Marvel's uh, you know, they're putting out, uh, I think I just saw today that they're gonna be starting releasing. Books back in store. I believe the week of uh, like last week in May or second to last week in May. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I think this Right. Uh, 20th, I think this when they ship. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is like
0: this that. is big too. I mean, because for people who don't have context, for some of our listeners who you know might not understand exactly what's been going on, um you know, Diamond announced that they were shutting down um, any shipping of product basically on March 23rd, which is forever ago. It seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, we're now more than a month removed from that date, obviously. So, for those that aren't aware, uh, Diamond is the key distributor for comic books and related media items, those types of things. And when they halted delivery, um, and you know, when those shops, comic shops across the country, had to shutter due to the pandemic, you know, this essentially threw the entire industry into jeopardy. Um, so, to give you an idea of the dollars at stake here, I mean, it's pretty substantial. And I know you guys are aware of this, um, but some of our listeners might not know that comic book and graphic novel sales in the United States and Canada have topped 1 billion dollars annually which is crazy um, you know with printed comic books accounting for more than a third of that figure now we're going to talk a little bit about digital sales as well and digital sales contributed to about 100 million dollars of that 1 billion dollar total so hmm. you know this is a huge industry that's just been you know like most industries just kind of like thrown into disarray but it's very interesting with comics because on extremely you know, thin margins, you know, and diamond halting the distribution of new titles um, and shops having to shutter due to the pandemic has basically been, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, an extinction level event. Um, you know, there's also that danger I think that shops have or that that we have in this industry where. You know, people ultimately get out of the habit of going and picking up their books and, you know, comic shops, as you guys know, um, are gathering places and the loss of that, I think community changes people's habits, including their purchasing habits. And this is that th- there's that real fear now. I think among comic shops that dedicated customers who would go in each Wednesday to satisfy their weekly craving um, for comics won't return to those stars stores as much or maybe as often as before. Um, so that's really interesting. That's in a development that we've been going through. Um, you mm-hmm. know, but as we alluded a little bit ago about Marvel, now we're hearing. You know, we're going to go on the other side of DC. We're hearing that you know new stories that Diamond will probably start shipping product again in mid-May as well. Um, but it's really interesting because during this time period, also, we have DC, one of the big two, they've elected to begin distributing um, product even earlier, using two new distributors that have nothing to do with Diamond. So it's going to be really interesting yeah. to see what this looks like for the future. Um, and who knows, you know, it's a significant move in the comics industry. Um, and and so far, the way that it's been structured, as far as DC is concerned, has not been popular with retailers and shops out there. But um I think what what I kind of wanted to get your guys' um, ideas about, you know, because underscoring all of this, you know, all of these developments that we're talking about, is the impact of digital comics and, and really whether or not this is a viable replacement in some ways for the physical medium? You know, especially as we read stories now with Marvel, you know, deciding to ship books in mid May, but they're also, um, what we're hearing now, they're also going to be moving forward digital only on select issues. I mean, what can you guys yep, tell us that,
1: about that? Yeah, that is correct. So, and, and to correct our uh, initial uh, wrong guess from earlier, it's May 27th. That's when ah. the physical uh, books are going to be released. So, um, Marvel put out that. They're shifting some titles to a digital-only platform starting uh Wednesday, May 13th. Now, these aren't like super heavy hitter books, but they're, I mean, there's at least one on here I was reading. Um, so the initial release of the digital-only books, uh, it's gonna be Ant-Man number four, Avengers of the Wasteland number four, ghost spider number nine, and Ravencroft number four. That's the book I was reading was Ravencroft Four. And then Going into Wednesday, May twentieth, they're releasing um, a book called 2020, 2020 Ironheart Number One, uh, a Spider-Man series about the Black Cat. Uh, Black Cat Strikes Number Four, Hawkeye Freefall. Yes, Number Five. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that made it
0: to Number Five. Oh man.
1: Yeah, dude. It might be a new record for a <laughs> Hawkeye miniseries. Uh, and then uh, star number four is going direct oh. to digital. So now what the interesting thing is, is they're going to be released on digital. So no, no single issues, but they are going to be collected as trades that will be available after I'm assuming probably six issues are collected. Like or once one storyline wraps up and then those yeah. will be available for physical purchase. Man, but
0: that's yeah. gotta be, that's gotta be insanely frustrating though for completionists, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's
2: a little bit, this, but I mean, not to just like hop in here, but like some of these, these aren't like huge, they're not, huge yeah,
1: titles. Yeah. Right. Know, I, I don't think they would do that with your, you know, you're not going to see Amazing Spider-Man shift over to digital only, you know.
0: Well, there's somewhere, somewhere there's, and, you know, one of our listeners is an Ant Man fan, and he's just like
2: breaking pencils because you just said that, Matt. So he's furious. (laughs) Well, not that there's anything wrong with Ant Man. Actually, that series was kind of promising. Um, That first issue was pretty good. I didn't read the second one, but.
1: I I just um... picture him breaking really tiny pencils. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. What it does is it does pose
0: a a problem in a way. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's so weird because it's just kind of like, a gaping hole in a run, you know, so you can't like as a shop that poses a lot of problems,
2: especially if you're, you're Mm -hmm. selling, you know, it's just, yes and no. And so I I see what you're saying because like, you, you know, you have your completionists and you have collectors, but there's, there's almost two different demographics with these. Like there's a lot that in the future is going to be like these collected trade editions, And this has always been a thing for a long time now. But digitally, some of these books, especially like these titles that aren't like necessarily AAA or month-to-month books like that, are going to be released digital, especially after all of this. Um, Because I know, like, I I read Spidey, right? And Spidey came out monthly for a minute. Um, And I absolutely love that. Nick Bradshaw, one of my favorite artists. But after that, the second series of that was released digital first. And so... It's not exa- entirely new the business model. They're just going to shift more titles into that. I think. Instead. Well, so it
1: was it was digital first, but they're still releasing like the yeah. actual single issues.
2: Well, no, they still released a trade. Like the second series oh, of Spidey right. was released straight into a trade. There wasn't single issues, and there so. No, no. Yeah. there wasn't a month a month, and I think you're going to start seeing that a bit more, especially with like, um, I, I don't know how else to put it, like B level series like you know these mm. titles that you know might not see triple A status or you're not going to you know they just won't get as much sales how do you, you think know, that that some, how, do you, how do you think that that impacts like brick and mortar so I don't think a whole lot like there's still so on the on the opposite end to play devil's advocate I've seen two two ways that brick and mortar stores have handled this and neither are wrong um Unfortunately, one way is not the best route. One route is is that brick and mortar stores just shut down and they're like nearly done or they yeah. close. But the others have adapted. They sell books online. you know, they start selling titles, they, they do online auctions, they do you know, online sales. But let's say if those
0: let's say if those titles don't exist though because they're being published in trade format um, after they've been released digitally, But, you know, and again, we're talking about titles that maybe aren't going to be the most popular titles. So we can anticipate that we're still going to see, you know, Amazing Spider-Man and X-Men titles published physically. But for the smaller titles, maybe, you know, it's just one less reason, potentially, I think, that um, someone has a reason to go into the store and then pick up something else if they have to wait for that trade for format to come out. It, as a and it also
1: player. opens up more competition. I mean, because your bigger stores, your, you know, Barnes and Nobles and all that. I mean, they don't sell the single issues usually. I mean, they might have a few, but they sell the trades an awful lot. And so that would be something that the LCS would have to compete with where they normally wouldn't have to.
0: Yeah, uh, It's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. I mean, I, and, yes. and I think I, have you guys heard anything about other, um has it, has it just been marvel or has it has there been any other um uh, i guess publishing company that's just doing digital i guess for singular
1: issues yeah that's all i've heard of so far i mean there might be something else I announced know, by the time this goes out but
2: i know there's a few i know like um some some places like aftershock has titles you can buy digital right now for their future printed releases that are coming out um because they've been delayed, but they are allowing you to purchase them early. Um, I don't know. I I don't use Comixology, so. Um, okay. I don't know exactly what they're doing right now. If there's anything that's coming right out, I know DC got a lot of shit for like initially <laughs> saying that they're going to release release everything like digital. Yeah, and then they backpedaled. I and mean, you're like never mind you know like yeah so they've been
0: they've been getting a lot of shit just in general i mean i think mm-hmm. that you know one of the biggest i mean shitstorms has been you know them kind of you know moving forward with these two new distributors and i mean at the onset like that was actually embraced by comic shops but when you they they actually found out that the fine print there i mean it's been oh man it's just been crazy well... Be- you know, because they want, you know, DC is basically asking a lot of shops to in- essentially leave Diamond, um, which is crazy.
2: Well, I mean, in, in, with that, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like, oh, definitely. you know, like there's e- these same shops that have bitched about Diamond since the dawn of time have <laughs> like bitched about DC's move. But I think DC's biggest move is like, you know, they're going to be using Midtown. And using Midtown was kind of like a spit in the face at brick and mortar stores because Midtown sells a ton, you know, like as a brick and mortar and as an online store. But to go back to like a little bit about what we talked before, like with some shops, like I've seen some shops that are doing great online, you know, they are killing it. And then there's others that are just floundering, but like, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta sort of adapt. Like they need to have someone there that's hustling and selling books. This is still retail all three of us have worked retail. It's still a hustle, you know, in person or online, you know, selling things, you have to do engagement and talk to people. And like a lot of times, like people have a million ways of buying things right now. And so, you know, you have to be engaged with your customers or it's not, I mean, especially,
1: especially online. I mean, that's all the shopping options. A lot of people have, I mean, if you don't have a decent, uh, uh, footprint on you know amazon ebay and wherever else i mean you're missing out on a lot of sales right now
0: it's going to be really interesting i think um kind of going back to the distribution too because D- the two new distributors i think the dc are going to be using um are lunar and us ucs and one is going to be handling the west and one is going to be handling the east at least for the time being that's going to be really interesting to see how dc as well as um smaller publishers like scout i know they have ntko and places like that how they actually um continue with their either existing distribution models or or how they change once diamond actually comes back because i mean we can all agree that diamond really isn't going anywhere right um i mean we'd like to see diamond potentially have far more competition i think that's good but um it's going to be really interesting how dc decides to i guess traverse that that those waters like whether or not they continue to to use uh lunar and ucs or just go completely back to diamond
1: yeah we'll find out man it's gonna be interesting that's for sure
0: yeah and, and, and i think another thing is like again it's gonna be really interesting to see what dc decides to do as far as if they follow sort of this marvel model as far as digital comics are concerned i mean what do you guys think i mean how do you guys feel about uh, digital comics in general i mean do you do you think that it could ever be a viable option for you and replacing like you know
1: for me no okay. no but i'm also you know old older and uh it's hard to read the screen <laughs> I'm also... sometimes no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but no, I, like it's, uh, yeah. I like
0: to read the funny books
1: <laughs> yeah so the the hardest part is like i like having the, the physical paper in there and comic book uh, you know uh, comic book collecting it's you know it's right there in the word is collecting it's you know looking through my long box you know when i forgot how many issues of dark hawk one i have and you know counting them out and like having that actual physical book in front of me that uh that's To me, that's almost as good as feeling as reading through the story and like connecting with the characters. So I I don't think you're ever going to get rid of the physical aspect. At least I know I'm. I I won't make the shift. I mean, if there's some book that I'm like really dying to read that's on digital, I'll give it a shot. But uh, yeah, like like for example, I've been working on a a YouTube series that'll be out soon: a Dark Hawk retrospective. Yes, I'm serious. (laughs) Yes, I'm serious. Oh, man. Uh, You
0: heard heard it here, folks? Yeah,
1: actually, by the the time this one comes out, at least the first two videos will be done. I just got to get them posted.
0: This is going to be corroborating.
1: <laughs> yeah. But the, but the problem is, it, like, when I uh, – so what I had to do with this whole series was I've got all of the issues on my computer, but I would go through and read the physical issues because, uh, like, I just had a – I don't know if it's, like, in an age thing or just a, a – I'm used to reading comics. thing, But, like, having to read the pages on the screen, it just – it wasn't coming to me, and I was, like, missing sentences and stuff. It's just It was a lot easier just to look at it on paper, write down my thoughts. And then record my soon-to-be award-winning video. I'm sure. So that's
0: that's amazing. I mean, you got to put that on YouTube too. You're going to have you know one of those YouTube awards. I mean, it's going to be. I mean, that's that's insane. I bet you. I bet you could even get Mark Hamilton narrate that. So,
1: yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I mean, maybe best case scenario, I get enough publicity with this where Mark Wade unbans me on Twitter and a few other (laughs) platforms. Love you, Mark. If you're listening, sorry. About the tweets.
0: <laughs> well, it's always it's always a possibility. What do you what do you how do you feel about digital books, Pat? So,
2: I mean, I I love both. I just love reading comics. But I mean, Zach really hit the nail on the head. Is that like it's still a hobby? There's still the aspect of collecting. There's still the aspect of researching. You know, there's always that moment when you find something very cool that you've never seen before you know, something older or something new, you know, um, and the physicality of it is important. Again, we're all kind of like moldy oldies, but I still prefer to read not just comics, but books in general with a book, like a physical book. Like, but that being said, I do get, I get both. I get DC and Marvel, definitely, yeah. like the digital, like because of the, the severe amount of like, Back issues that you can read. like I mean, both are pretty inexpensive. They're like ten bucks a month each. and totally. you can read everything nearly. You know, Marvel yes. is spectacular, and the functionality on it's a bit better than the d c Universe one. But even with the d c Universe one, like I can still read like a bunch of old books. And I mean, as lazy as it sounds, sometimes like I'm like, oh, here's my tablet. I don't need to go pull out, you know all my swamp things to read, you know yeah. or like yeah. So there's a convenience aspect, but they'll never be like I mean, I'm a Wednesday warrior, you know, I'm there Wednesday getting my books. I'm there, you know, I try to get there week in and week out to the brick and mortar. And you even mentioned, Max, that like, you know, there's a social aspect. I can go and yeah, meet other dorks who want to talk about a bunch of stupid stuff, like, you know, their X Force yeah. variants. Yeah, that's know, like,
1: yeah, but, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, it brought all of us together, really. I mean, outside of just living up together, I mean, we had the the comics in common, so it's a, you know, bonding experience when you meet other people who are equally pathetic.
0: Yeah, but you're gonna forget us after that Darkhawk thing goes goes crazy. So yeah,
1: know. don't worry. I'll I'll give you a little head nod at my YouTube acceptance <laughs> speech or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> YouTube so, acceptance. speech. would be a award thing. I don't know.
0: You know, I think I I think for me, I, I go back to the convenience thing too. Like as far as digital comics are concerned, like. You know, for me, it was always a pushback against the whole like idea of having a comic in digital form. I was like, no, 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 you know. And then I had a day job where I was like flying constantly, like all the time. And I was like, man, I I don't want to take my trades with me. I don't want to take my books with me because they're just going to get damaged. So what can I was do? Was that
1: your was that your stewardess job?
0: It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I just, just want no, sure. to so make sure. Just want to make sure one. It's insanely hard pushing that cart down the aisle and reading at the same time. By the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's totally that like when you're in when you're sitting there on the plane and you want to have something to read and it's comic oriented i mean what better way than to you know pull out your tablet and you know go read you know books that you know that you would, wouldn't normally even read i mean that's the one cool thing about digital books for me uh, kind of going back to what matt said is that you know with the marvel app i mean i can go in and read books that i normally would never pick up at all you know in my local comic shop i just wouldn't i wouldn't buy them you know but i can go in and, and read them digitally and it's you know no harm no
1: foul honestly what i can't wait for and this this may happen sooner rather than later but like let's say one of these digital only issues is the first appearance of some character that like blows up or like that makes the transfer over to another comic and then gets really big you know, and then you have the argument over like, what's the first real appearance of this character in a comic? Right. Like, does the digital form, like, just to, as somebody who enjoys watching comic chaos and a bunch of people arguing over like first appearances I can't wait for that or if like Marvel will fold and they'll be like "Oh, okay we'll push this one out for a one time only print and that way people can have like the physical copy because it's going to happen eventually
0: it'll be something where like where Marvel will release like a thousand copies only oh, to select God. shops and it'll be like a free comic day exclusive or something like that yeah. you know
2: oh. <laughs> and, like you know and you'll have to Actually, you know, you say- we say Marvel, but this is i'm I'm envisioning this is a DC like directive right now. <laughs> this is like what DC wants to do. This is like their business plan right now is to do this model that we just spoke about. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're gonna
1: yeah. they're gonna kill Bruce Wayne in the digital comics and just make people like run over to their website to sign up for it or something. That's gonna be great.
0: That would be yeah, sad. That's exactly. That, I, uh, that would be really depressing, I think, for me because you know going back to like
1: <laughs> going back. This is to really the, sad. this is a sad. This, moment. this
0: is sad. Let's end to the cast. I'm gonna go cry in a pillow. You know, but, you know, I I going back to like just digital versus you know um you know physical. I mean, like again, we're the multi oldies, and I can't even imagine. Only reading digital comics. I can't even fathom that, and and how that actually impacts, you know, our hobby. I mean, it would just be crazy.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. it's,
2: Oh, go ahead, man. It's a thing. Oh no, I'm just saying it's it's a thing, you know, and like, and this pandemic is going to really show that because, you know, we I think on our very first cast we talked about the glut of, you know, books that come out that aren't that great, you know, like. These are perfect digital stories, you know. These are perfect digital, like uh, playgrounds for the, um, for the publishers and even the creators. Like you know, um, I, I I look at it maybe as like a positive thing because again, in the future, I'm hoping that we have like less titles on the shelf, but the titles are all better, better written, right. better drawn, you know. And then maybe digitally, these other side stories that are great and maybe you really love again like ant-man or a secondary spider-man character you know like so you go and read you know your book monthly or you go pick it up from your comic shop but then you also have these extras that you can get it's kind of like yeah it's kind of what they've been doing all along but you don't have to follow as hard as i guess is what i'm trying to say like You know, we all have, like, fatigue from, you know, events and things that have happened. And so maybe this will alleviate that, you know, in a way. I mean, we we do.
1: Yeah, you know, that that is a positive way. Because, I mean, I'm also thinking about it from the, uh, you know, the comic shop point of view. So you get somebody that flips through the previews and sees the cover of, you know, uh, you know, Star Number Four, and is like, holy shit! I need to read that book. Like, order this for me. You know, like they're not going to have those type of sales anymore, which I can't imagine account for too much. But it's still a sale that a comic yeah. book shops missing out on.
0: Well, that also no. impacts uh, yeah. that also impacts the variant industry as well. You know, because you know you're not as a shop owner, you're not going to have to buy you know fifty copies of Hawkeye Number Four just to qualify for the cool
2: variant for Spider Man. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong uh, with ordering the that mini Hawkeye. That's
2: a that's a whole another subject, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's totally,
0: a, yeah. totally another. Uh, I, you know,
2: I think it's how they adapt. Like I've seen tons of great shops, shops I love dearly, adapt. You know, they get out there and they hustle. Like you know, they're like selling trades. They're selling. Yeah, you know, they're selling back issues. They're up every day selling. You know, selling. There's a lot that there's a lot of people that like and you know, again, they may not know how to do that. And so they're kind of like in flux. I mean, yes, yeah. I think I think there should be a ton of books to go out and select from. I just wish there was less it, it's kind of like any industry. I wish there was less Marvel and less DC and more indie books on the well, you, on the table. And- yeah and you, you know. talk
0: about you talk about those shops that that are kind of like um that aren't the ones that really understand how to really beat the street and and really and and really you know become a retailer and just sell 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 and be innovative and do anything you can to move those books. Um you know and those are the ones those shops that don't understand how to do those things. Those are the people that are the most impacted I think by the lack of um you For know sure. these new comics that have been coming out that that haven't been coming out and that are you know they're they're the ones that are you know, just waiting with bated breath for these new books that are going to be coming out soon. Um, and kind of with that, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of those new books that are coming out and like, you know, what you guys are you know, looking forward to, what you guys are currently reading. And there's been that gap between issues or, you know, is there any kind of books that you guys are looking forward to now as kind of Marvel begins to ship books and Diamond begins to distribute books and DC is pushing books out and all these other publishers are starting to get them into stores?
1: yeah you know so i'm looking forward to a couple of marvel books actually i started reading the uh donny kate's thor uh you know the black winter and all that i got through the first couple issues mm-hmm. of that looking forward to that coming back up because that was shaping up to be a really uh epic like internal event to thor it's probably going to bleed out into a couple other issues probably involve null at some point somehow because he seems to pop up in every donny kate's book but um I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to the Avengers run starting on 33. Uh it involves Kanchu, uh you know Moon Knight's god coming after yeah. the Avengers. Mm. So, I'm pretty hyped about that. Love me some mm. Moon Knight.
0: That's pretty cool. That sounds good. What about yeah. you, Matt?
2: Uh so, I'm kind of looking at some maybe like maybe more low-key books. Like there's um I mean there's a bunch of big titles I've um I read Thor, but I haven't read the next few issues. I really need to catch up on that. And Donny Cates is always making some really interesting stuff, pushing the industry in cool ways. But um, AfterShock has Dead Day coming out, which I'm kind of stoked for. I'm always on the radar for like um, any new horror series, especially if it's anthology where it's like standalone each time. I know it's cool about- too. Yeah, I talked about Ice Cream Man before, but Dead Day is going to be a book where the dead come back to life for one day each year. And so, you know, there's going to be like tearful reunions and murderous reunions and vengeance and all sorts so it's of to cool be things.
0: It's going to be like The Walking Dead meets The Purge.
2: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. And so, you know, I'm again, like I, I try to pick up all kinds of horror books and anthologies yeah. always get me, you know, especially if it's standalone. Like each issue is like something by itself, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I think that's one of the 27th books. I think you can actually purchase it digitally right now, but I, think so too. Um, I, I believe it comes, it ships with the next Diamond shipment. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, that's a I'm good looking,
1: book. I'm looking forward to the issue that is uh, basically necromantic, but uh, you know, a comic book version of that. That's going to oh, be, be would fantastic, be, yeah, man. That,
0: that that would be really fantastic. Who but would very that be special.
1: published by? <laughs> I I'm just hoping it's like the first or second issue in, the, in this anthology series that comes out.
0: I want, I want an Archie version of that. Actually, you know, Archie. Mm-hmm.
2: Goes, yes. yes, yes. Give me some Archie crossovers. <laughs> Archie versus necromant- Necromantic <laughs>
0: So that would that that would be a book that I would definitely pick up on the stand. So yeah, <laughs> I would definitely pick that up. You know, for our for our listeners out there, definitely go out and watch the trailer on YouTube for Necromantic, and you'll know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and then yeah. don't write us,
2: <laughs> don't write yeah. us after this.
0: Yeah, I think like um, I think one of the books that I'm curious about and and looking forward to picking up is um, it's a title called uh, we we've, we've Given a Lot of Love to Boom. This is another boom title. It's a title called Disaster Inc. And um, I think it's from writer Joe Harris. And this is a t- a book. It, it, it's kind of weird. Um, it's basically about a group of disaster terrorists. So if you don't, or disaster tourists, big difference there. Yeah. Um, yeah big difference there. <laughs> So, if you don't know what a disaster tourist is, um, these are basically people who go out and, you know, they try to um, tour places um, or be in places that are necessarily, you know, controversial or not safe, those types of things. And so, this group of disaster tourists um, basically charter an underground tour um, in Japan's no man's land or the exclusion zone, which is essentially, um, you know, the site of the 2011 fukushima dachi nuclear meltdown um if you guys remember that but while they're in this sort of exclusion zone um they're being hunted and haunted by ancient ghost samurai who were sworn to protect the land from invaders and
1: i don't know that just sounded fun radioactive ghost samurai
0: yeah i don't know i don't know yet you know but it sounded cool i mean it sounded different i mean i thought i thought it was kind of a cool idea um you know and, and the art for it looks great um Another book that I wanted to kind of give a quick um, mention to is um, a dark horse title, part of the Mignola versus per norm. um, And that's a book called the last night of St. Hagen. And, you know, I, I've, you know, we've been kind of in pandemic mode here. So I'm like between issues and it's been a long time and I need my new issue here because this book Mm -hmm. is rad and everything that's Mignola versus great, but um, it's It's a book book that, you know, I think it, I think it takes place in around 1939. So as kind of like Germany is moving into Poland. And it's basically about a Polish spy who's pursued by a group of Nazi enforcers, kind of like the SS. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of occult stuff in there. There's a lot of paranormal clues that are in there. Um, and and it basically, you know, what you need to know is there's a bullet, a tomb, and a ghost. And they all sort of encapsulate this mystical crusader um, called the Knight of St. Hagen. So this is a great book, and I really need the next issue for it but uh, that's awesome man
1: yeah and uh one other thing th- this isn't a new issue but uh if you guys happen to see the uh joss whedon astonishing x-men omnibus that's uh, coming out the first week of june be sure to pick that up oh really yeah yeah i think it's the, the it doesn't have a volume number on it so i'm assuming it's the entire run with whedon and cassidy but uh, like if i see that i'm gonna grab whedon. that shit in a heartbeat
2: that's not been collected already in like an omnibus, like I that's what i was think thinking
1: yeah i mean i've got the yeah. trades but I, I yeah this is the first time i've seen it I'm and, uh, yeah
0: they're no, just 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 uh, speaking about omnibuses i'm so pissed off at marvel for not really you know reprinting the annihilation omnibus i mean that's one that i've been wanting forever and they still won't reprint that i mean if you want to get a copy of it if you can find one on ebay i mean it's going to be like you know so much money that it's not even worth it now you know, you yeah, can't yeah. find it's one on a... the same
2: as getting the books. It's almost yeah. the same as getting the books. Like you could get the individual issues for almost the same. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy.
0: You can't you can't find one even at a um, convention. I mean, uh last couple of years I've been looking and looking and looking for it. It's just nowhere to be found. Dude, but
1: you, you know what else has that? But this one's like tied up in a little bit of a, you know cross company issues is the JLA Avengers crossover, the Kirby music George Perez one. Like, oh. So they made an omnibus of that and good fucking luck finding that one out in the wild. Like you can see them pop up occasionally on eBay, but they're rocking between the four hundred and fifty, five hundred dollar mark.
0: God, yeah, that's insane. And what's crazy about that is that these are like, you know, Annihilation and, you know, JLA versus the Avengers. I mean, these are books that are like, you know, they have built in audiences. You, they would fly off the shelves, you think? It's strange that they would wait so long between the repeats. I them. guess it's
1: just the the trades sell better, or like they're they're probably cheaper to make. I mean, they gotta be. So, yeah. maybe they just want to turn the quick profit on that as opposed to pumping out the big ol' Omni. Yeah, it's
0: probably one of the reasons why DC like always gets our hopes up by saying, we're going to release an absolute edition of this really cool story. And then they're like, mm, nah. <laughs> Change your know, mind <laughs> Sorry. And then they go the other way, and it all it makes us all sad, sad. But. But yeah, definitely in regards to like those DC omnibuses that just, you know, they promise, make those promises and don't deliver on them sometimes. But, you know, I guess, you know, rewinding a little bit because we're talking about DC, we're talking about some of the content that they provide. And we're also just talking about comics in, in general. Like, you know, w- we talked a little bit about digital comics, too. Um, can you give us an idea of like maybe some digital comics that you're, you're digging right now that are only released, I guess, in that digital format?
2: Oh, uh, probably my favorite digital only book. And I don't know if you guys have checked this out. It's called PTSD radio. Um, mm. and, and I know you can get it on comiXology. Um, I'm sure you could probably get it on Amazon as well, or any format that you can. Um, this is a weird pick for me because, uh, not n- normally do I like, like manga or anything like that, but it's, oh, no. No- yeah. Oh no, here we go. Um, but it's up. another, yeah. But it's another uh, horror anthology, and it's like really creepy, very weird, Um, and it's a non linear like mystery. So, like, um, it's kind of pieced together over a bunch of different uh, issues. Uh, And it's really, really cool. And the art's really great. And it's just very, very, um, like I said, it's got a lot of mystery, it's sort of vague. But um, yeah. definitely a- amps up the creep factor if you dig sort of uh, um, indie. You know, Dude, indie When comments. are we
1: doing the horror manga episode so I can talk about Junji Ito?
2: Oh man! Oh oh,
1: whenever you want. <laughs> <I> <laughs> whenever like you want to, girl. Just felt like name dropping. <laughs> that's all.
0: Well, that's a good. I mean, that's a cool digital title. Where 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 can we find that, Matt?
2: um definitely comiXology I know it's on there um and I believe it's also on if you have a Prime account you can get it for like your Kindle or whatever um and I really wish they would print it uh someday Uh, but there's a ton of really good just digital books out there you know all all the all the digital comics that I read are like
0: you know adult ones so I can't you know
2: yeah, it's just one no of those things.
0: Where I probably, I probably shouldn't like um, you know, r- r- you know, tell everyone about them, you know, because then the servers will be down and they're, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some dirty servers. Oh my! Yeah, so, oh my! You know,
0: but but you said like you wished that they would be published, you know, and that's that's interesting to me because as we kind of talk about you know digital versus print, one of the ways that I guess the you know, print medium is kind of really impacted, and we kind of talked about this already. It's really impacted by digital is like how would we have, you know, spec picks or grails, like modern grails, things like that. How would we have like, you know, a key book if it's only being published in digital? And so I guess, you know, what are some of the modern grails or or spec picks that you have that are relatively modern um that we can kind of oh, tell our man. listeners to keep their eyes out for?
1: Oh man. So this this is a this is a big one, right? So there's a bunch of different ways you can go. <laughs> like it's 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 a broad topic here. So um, and, th- and this is something that you know we talk about in our in our free time here. But like, uh, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But uh, for the modern, call it a modern grail. Let's say post 2000s. Arguably, the best book you can grab right now, as far as a key, would be a first printing, higher grade of Ultimate Fallout Number Four. Mm-hmm. Does anybody mm-hmm. have anything to say to that?
0: Uh, um, what about? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, um, what about
1: And, and just for, for everybody that does not know, that's the first appearance of miles Morales new Spider-Man. You saw him in the, the Spider-Verse movies and all that. And he's becoming, what? you know, a huge character in Marvel.
0: What about, um, what about next three?
1: Ooh. Mm.
0: Oh, Ooh so <laughs> well, what, what <laughs> now
1: what, what about, I mean, so, long-term here, like, which character do you think is going to ultimately be more popular, the X-23 first appearance or the Miles Morales? I mean, I would put all my chips in on Miles Morales.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to probably say Miles, but it's close,
2: I think. I mean, um, I don't know. Yes and no. Um there, there's,
1: there's,
2: there's a lot that goes into all this, like, in oh, yeah. modern collecting, like, I mean, if we're going to jump into this rabbit hole, you know, we have variants, we have print runs, all yeah. those matter, especially to, like, collectors um and there's a lot of variables like miles has a lot of media behind it you know x23 does not but x23 has like i think a tougher book to get in a high grade than yeah i would know, agree with well, that yeah, yeah, sure. but, it's yeah.
1: also lower print run and i mean yeah. that book came out what circa 2000 2003 i think oh was it 2003 i yeah. thought it was later in that um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it has nowhere near the numbers that Fallout Four does. But again, to Matt's point, I think Miles Morales has more of a the you know big media or big Marvel push behind him.
2: Well, like, well, he's also a more popular character. So, and popularity just about trumps everything. And, and it doesn't matter the print run is much as like how much people want it. You know, if there's yeah. not enough and there's more people that want it, then that's the demand. You know, it's so. You know, there's a few ways to go about it, but I, I think, you know, the Ultimate Fallout pick is a really good pick for right now. It has nowhere to go but up. You know, you could even argue, you know, I think all the Spider Verse characters are a very, very good modern pickups, personally. Like, if you can even find them out there in the wild, you know, or anywhere even for yeah. a decent price, like, you know, there's the first appearance of Spider Gwen, Penny Parker, you know, Spider-Man Noir. Like yep. I mean, and the list goes on and on and even drills down further, like with Spider Ham and all those. And Spider-Man <laughs> is like the bread and butter.
0: Well, and of, we're we're like, not even collecting. we haven't even yeah, and we haven't even talked about you know The Walking Dead number one, which came out in two thousand three as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean there's 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 a lot if we're going back if we're going back 20 years, I mean, there's a lot of really pretty dang good modern keys, right?
2: Oh, I mean, there's even other stuff. The Legion of superheroes, like Supergirl, Adam Hughes cover, you know, you gotta, you gotta put that book out there is like, um, but it also, you know, again, that comes into the conversation. What's a key. Is it like how great the cover is? Is it the origin? I think origin matters less now than first appearance because origins change every six months now, you know, where, you know, back in the day, like, you know, they had like characters that languished in hell for like 40 years and then they redid their origins. And so maybe the modern origin or maybe first silver age appearance or something of a character was more important or modern retelling. Like, you know um, it's the same way you could, you could argue that like um, a book I really like. I think it's like a good cheap spec that people should pick up is the modern Nick Fury. Um, Yeah. And so that's, that's a great book to pick up, you know? Um, And it's like five bucks an issue, you know, it's like cover price, maybe less even. Yeah. Um, And it has like weird variants, which are like the Nabisco ones. Like I, those like, you know, yeah, the weird, yeah. Yeah, those weird cutaways where it's like, you know, you got to get like a little Debbie's variant or something, you know. Um, but, you know, that's an insanely popular character that's in media and everywhere, but that those books don't mean anything, you know. They don't – they're not tearing it up. So if we're if we're talking about Craig again. Um, yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking yeah. in- <laughs> the inside joke there. And I think there's yeah, a lot I'm of like that. really, really
0: kind of um, – you know, there's books like you know Young Avengers number one. That's another one that's really, really hot. You know that um, yeah. you know it's the first appearance of a ton of different characters that you can find out there. Um, one of the books that was recently mm-hmm. written about, and it's, uh, there's, there's there's an article that's I think published on turbocomicsshop.com dot uh, There's a, there's an article out there about Captain America number six, first
2: appearance of the Winter Soldier. So that's another key, right, Matt? Oh yeah, and I mean. I love, and Zach makes fun of me because he's like, this is way too much information for people to care about. But (laughs) it's um, true. (laughs) And it's, he's not wrong. But the thing is, is that like there's a, a lot of different factors when it comes into collecting, especially if you're doing like specs. Now, to preface this, you should never ever buy comic books like you should stocks. Never ever. But since we're here, Um, We're let's go ahead and do that. Um, I think the first appearance of the Winter Soldier is probably one of the most undervalued keys of our time. Even even with it rising in the recent months, um, uh, when I wrote the article, it was still a little bit cheaper. I mean, and I still think you can get good copies at like twenty five to forty bucks. But average is fifty. You know, Um, and there's a variant for it, so. Um, you can get like the first cover appearance of the Winter Soldier. And for people that don't know, um, which would be shocking, um, but that's Bucky. the the guy with the
1: metal arm in the movies.
2: Yeah, the guy with the metal arm in the movies. And that's uh, his first appearance as the Winter Soldier. Now, his first appearance as Bucky is like... 100 million years old, and yeah. completely you'll like, completely yeah, that's a range, no, that, that is kind of a good. great
1: spec book, man. That is a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good, spec if you got the, the you money, go buy them, that,
2: <laughs> yeah, pick that one up. Yeah. But uh, I think the Winter Soldier is great, you know, um, it has a low print run, um, a character that's being really, really pushed on us, you know, not just in the comic book world, but in other media, which is a big thing. And so it's still a pretty low buy-in right now for a book to pick up, and um, you know, check out the article because I drilled down on numbers really hard. Yeah, there's a there's a, a work lot work. of uh, there's
0: a lot of math in that. So yeah, there's yeah, a lot of I, like
2: uh, theoretical math that comes. Yeah, into th-
0: point theoretical now. math. If if math really exists. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If yeah,
1: you yeah, know, we there's about inside joke math. number two yeah. within <laughs> a few minutes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but you I know, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say that, like, you know, there's, there's a weird cocktail, you know, of what makes a book. You know, there's cover, first cover, you know, is it the origin? Is it the first appearance? What printing is it? You know, we're yeah. in a weird time right now where, like, there'll be a first appearance of a character, but the print run is low. And so then when it goes into, like, its second or third appearance, you know, or excuse me, not second or third appearance, but second or third printing is when you finally get the cover. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk probably about Venom number three. Number three.
1: Oh yeah. yeah,
0: We 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 totally are going to talk about that. But before we do, I wanted to mention one of the weirdest keys, modern keys, because we're talking about things that um, you know make a key a key, right? And we're talking about first appearances, and that's like you know obvious that's going to make make a key a key. One of the weirdest ones. Yeah, that's a big one. One of the weirdest ones is Batman, or I'm sorry, Detective Comics 880. I mean, that's this is mm-hmm. such a weird book because, I mean, it you know, has that, that iconic jock cover. But this book is, I would say, a modern key. And you're never, you know, it's almost impossible to find in the wild now. Um, you know, because of that, just because of a cover, there's nothing really significant that happens in that book. It's just because of yeah. how iconic that cover is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most iconic villains of all time, drawn, you know, it's just, it's an absolutely amazing cover, and I guess sometimes that's all you need, I mean, but, I mean, because the Detective Comics print run couldn't have been that low.
2: Right, right. No, but, I mean, with that, though, to circle back, like, there's another X factor with that, is that, like, at that time, there's a lot of Detective Comics, and even, like, uh, DC books, because that's a... You know, we're talking about a DC book, they were printed kind of shittier. Like, it's like when you got like some of them vertigo books or, um, you know, the print run and the print quality wasn't exactly as great. And that's always another weird X factor is because, like, while you're going to find tons of nine eights out there, probably not just laying around anymore, but, you know, you're not getting one now, you're not finding one in a back issue bin. You know, you're not finding something that's like, you know, that's going to be a nine eight. So that's yeah. a that's I think that's where and that's where a lot of investment books come in. You know, which is something I'm sure we'll talk about too is with it, in, it, investment it is grade great. versus collecting grade.
0: Oh, totally, and it, and it is really interesting though. Um, kind of going back to what you guys were talking about as far as you know, what is a first appearance? You know, is it is it a cameo? Is it not? Um, how that actually is filtering into some of the modern books? We talked a little bit about Donnie Cates. Um, you know, and, and we're talking a little bit about, you know, Venom number three now. Uh, I mean, I know Matt uh, and I know Zach. Look, both of you guys have some thoughts about this, right?
2: Uh, oh, I mean, I mean it's, positive it's, and it's, negative.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know how much of this like uh, is I don't want to say the comic book like investing community is, is bored without a glut of new issues. But I think it it's a little bit related to that. They're looking for signs and. And I think there's a internal hype being driven up specifically on this book. I mean, it's what the the third printing of Venom number three, but it's the first cover yeah. appearance of null. I yeah. mean, it's it's just I my. Speak, yeah. Also, <laughs> dispute. I mean, but it could be like an eight eighty situation. I mean, maybe null becomes this big force in the Marvel universe, and you know, it's just uh, he's there. But I, I think, like with that book specifically, it just seems so hyped up right now. And I, I, like I said, I think it's just due to not a lot of other stuff coming out right now, so people are just are going for whatever's like hot at the moment. But I could be wrong. Yes I mean, I he, yeah, he could be the next thing. Please correct me where I'm wrong, Matt. No, no. I mean, yes
2: and no. I mean, there's a weird like, I think villain specs, personally, are bad specs, unless they're like old, really established villains. I'm it's talking like, like Jokers and Dr. Dooms and like you know, th- newer villains don't do much. Now, the, you know, where I'm wrong is like the Batman who laughs. Like, that yeah. book is blown up yeah. a ton. Yeah. You know, that Teen Titans yeah. book. But you know, on the other hand, like, you know, what Donny Cates has done with Venom is created a whole new universe for Venom. Like, yeah. Venom was always very, very, and we talked about this a bit before, Zach, where um he was written like a B-level character, where in reality, his demand was A-level. Donny Cates has just been, like, fleshing out and making the Venomverse an A-list property. Right. And so, I think a lot of people are jumping in on these books because like you said, there's not much going on, but there's still a bunch of keys out there. You know, there's still mm-hmm. the first appearance of the sleeper, the first cover appearance of the sleeper, you know, yeah. with the print run. And the print runs are really low, you know? Right. Um, and there's that whole argument now right. that, you know, is, is a store exclusive, the first cover appearance or not like, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it now based on like these printings. There's a, there's a book that's like, it, it's a big book, but not a lot of people are talking about it is the, is Wolverine's official daughter. And, mm-hmm. uh, was it? Number six, Marvel comics presents number six yeah, or something, something like that. Right that. To, some, somewhere right around there. But the third printing, which is a low printing, which means there's not as many nine eights and not as many good, you know, uh, you know, high, uh, arrival right. books but you know she appears on the cover on the third printing and so that makes that the most desirable is that any better than the second i mean the second printing still the you know she's still in there that's still her first appearance but you know it's not the first cover appearance and so i, I mean, think yeah. some of that's it,
0: it, know, it's in- it's interesting though because like what you're saying is like it's super interesting but i think with you know to go back to venom number 3 I mean, I can't remember a Marvel book in recent history that has had this kind of fervor around it. I mean, just the regular print of that book is is like fifty bucks. It's it's like fifty to eighty to ninety bucks. I mean if you find that
2: cover cover, though too.
0: Yeah, it's a great, it's a fantastic cover. I mean, but it's so strange. And we you know, obviously third printing, low print run, but that book is I mean, I can't understand why it is what it is, aside of the fact that it's that first cover appearance. I mean, and and people, I guess, are are willing to pay that. It's Venom.
2: You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, well, Venom's hot. Venom and Carnage are both big properties right now, and you know, like again, there's there's always like the cocktail. Like an, another thing about it is, is that I always talk about like how the cover looks, and I talk about that in my article. Let me tie it into a bow.
1: Yeah, which Wait page is article. that on? <laughs>
2: yeah um but like uh anything that's a darker or really light cover are very hard to get like high grades on you know if you're trying to get nine eights which is in modern books is the only investment grade you really need collecting grades is everything else but as far as like investment or spec opportunity you want nine eights and so you know i mean which is a whole nother argument in itself but (laughs) yeah um, yeah yeah, I don't yeah. Want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, cuz you know, is a 96 any better than a 98? Not really. Well, well worth... let's let,
0: well, let's let's actually, I mean, you know, we're talking a little bit about modern growls and spec picks for those listeners. I mean, so let's Let's go down that rabbit hole. Let's talk a little bit about the nine point eight and and your guys. Is that not necessarily like industry wise, you know? But what are your personal preferences here? Like, it, do you have a preference? I mean, everyone Ooh. has a preference. If you send in a book that you want it to come back <laughs> yeah. at nine point eight, right? I mean, we want our books to come back nine point eight. You
1: know, oh but... yeah, like all all the Silver Age stuff I right. send off, I would love to come back. <laughs> oh yeah, <man>. of, <laughs> of course, yeah. But,
0: <laughs> but I mean, when you're looking for a book that that you want, I mean. And you're thinking of buying a graded copy of that book, like? Yeah. Are you looking for a 9.8 or are you so, okay with a 9.6?
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll just jump in on this. For me, it, it just it has to do with the timing of the book, right? So if it's like a brand new book or something that's only been out for uh, maybe a, a couple years at most, then I'm really gonna look for a 9.8, um, especially if it like hasn't blown up yet. Like anything below that, it's just gonna hurt it because ultimately I'm gonna be looking to resell these books. Like example of one is I got a, uh, the new series Strange Academy. I got one of the variant covers at a 9.8. And the reason why I'm doing that is just it's a spec book on my part because I think in a few years it's going to blow up or at least one of those characters that got introduced in that book is going to get big and the books going to spike. And then at that point, I'll probably unload it. And when I do unload it, it'll be easier to do that at a 9.8. But anything else, literally anything else that I get posts at, I, I try to get the best value that I can for the condition, right? So I'm not looking like the, the price differences between like a nine point four and a nine point eight on some books are just absolutely unreal. And yeah. to me, like I see like those, you know, hundreds, potentially thousands, depending on the book of difference. Um, in that, you know, a point eight or one point grid. I'm like, yeah, no, you guys you guys can have that. I'd I'll just be happy to have the book in my collection. And if it's not a 9.8, I can still sleep fine knowing that I still own it in a condition that uh, was a good value to me.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's like a really great point. What about you, Matt?
2: Well, I'll just start this off with like any listener out there. Always buy what you want, like what you want to collect. Like it's still your hobby. Always remember that whenever you're doing this, like Peru, again, yeah. we're not we're not giving out, like, this is not stock market advice. Um, Oh, it's not? Even though it it feels like
1: that at times. I'm I'm Um, on the wrong podcast, man. Shit. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: But, like, I I always look at, like, a very, like, I, I think the best books that have the most gain are always ones that are, like, easily undervalued. Like, there's flips each week. Like, um... Recently, one of the big ones that I had a big success on, which I made quite a bit of, like, a good margin on, was uh, Batman Beyond. Like, Batman Beyond is a property that people love, has a low print run, and the cocktail was, is that the new Batwoman was on cover of a book that was all black, which is notoriously hard to get in high grade, mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it, it sold out the gate like the next week at 25 bucks and I bought them at three bucks yep. you know, or excuse me, four bucks a pop, you know, like, but there, there's tons of tons of different things that go on with that, like with buying. But for me personally, like, you, you know, if you guys have seen my, you know, Instagram page, it's that like, I don't really care when it comes to collecting, you know, like I just want like the book in my collection. Like I have mm-hmm. Swamp Thing 1 at seven zero. You know, and it's got a green label and it's a... Bird scene, you know, <laughs> and I got that for super cheap, like way under market value. I got yeah. that for a hundred bucks, you know, which a 7.0 doesn't even sell for a hundred bucks, let alone a signed one, you know. And the only reason I did is because, like, there's a stigma with it. And so, you know, always, always just go go with what you want in your heart. But if you're trying to flip, there's you know, there's the investment grades and it kind of depends on each era of book, you know, like it's a very, that's a, it's a lot to go into, but modern speculation, you almost always want 9.6 to nine, eight, unless it's mm-hmm. like a crazy, crazy variant ratio, which then you can get right. into like the 92 nine fours, but nine and under is almost not worth your time. That's like, that's like PC grade, your personal right. collection grade, like, yeah, which is fine, you know, like. I recommend actually buying at that grade because you can get them for such a great deal, and the eye appeal is almost the same. You yeah, know, when I, you're I would definitely,
0: to... I I would definitely second that, and I definitely agree with that point because I think that the the value difference or the, the I, I think the amount that you're paying. Zach made this point between a 9.8 and a 9.6 could be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, which is absolutely ludicrous in my mind. I have a lot of mixed feelings in regards to grading in general. And and, and I totally agree with what you had to say, Matt, in regards to people should just do and buy what they want. But I think it's just absolutely insane that you can go and, and, and buy a 9.6 and it might be five, six, seven hundred $700, if not more, um less i should say than than a 9.8. Yeah. Um, that disparity of di- of of value there is crazy. And then what's cr- even more crazy about that and this this is what really gets me is that i can buy that 9.8. I can actually, you know, empty my pockets, empty my wallet and spend all this money on this 9.8 whether it's a silver age key or a modern key, you name it. And i can, you know, crack it out of the slab and then i can resubmit it and it's going to come back at a 9.4. Or
1: a 9.6. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and that's, that's, that's a gamble.
0: That's, yeah. And that's what really kills me is that like, that's thousands and thousands of dollars that is absolutely based on a subjective rating yep. system.
1: Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's really, that's the big breaking point for me is the subjective nature of it. I mean. I'm sure CGC has quality control and the, and all the other companies do, but I mean, ultimately it's, there's still a bunch of humans making decisions and human errors can be made with the grades on books. It just, it, it has to happen all the time and it's just not worth it to me to throw down that much money to no, basically err on uh, that fact.
2: Well, you made a great, you made a great reference on a big modern grail, which is NYX three. Right. And I believe like a nine, like a, a book that's graded like nine, which looks near perfect to the regular eye, even slabbed, you know, even in a CGC casing. And that's like 250 to 300 bucks. But, you know, a nine, eight goes for, you know, a thousand, yeah.
0: Yeah. you yep. know, over yep. Yep.
2: 1300. And there's actually on census, like the CGC census, there's more nine, eights and nine sixes than there are nine point 9.0s. Because people just don't grade them, you know. So, like, if you're a collector and you just love the character and you really need that first appearance, why not just go with a nine zero instead of the nine eight? I know it's like a a chip on the shoulder. Like you'd be like, "Hey, I got a nine 8 but it doesn't matter, you know. Right, I mean, right. you've turned your book into a trading card essentially. You know, you're not even opening it and looking at it. You know, well, doesn't display. What-
0: What's really interesting about this too, and, and this whole discussion is that there's also a movement I think within the collectors community, especially on Instagram, um, where you're seeing people, um, you're seeing you know the hashtag slab fifty fifty going around because you know it, it's basically a way to encourage collectors to force more of a um, free market, I guess, against CGC. So people are you know using other grading companies um you know in relation to that so they're saying slab you know 50 percent of your books here and 50 percent of your books here like what do you guys how do you guys feel about that
1: so i have one book so here's my, my experience with, with great and stuff right I, I went through and i submitted uh my first miracle man that was signed by alan moore um i sent that to cbcs because they would do the signature verification that cgc would not uh, and I also discovered through the whole process that signing up, shipping, everything was just more straightforward through CBCS. And from what I've seen, and th- this is just my just my opinion, uh, CBCS tends to be a little bit more consistent with their grading. Maybe it's because they don't get as many books. I don't know, but it's more like an eye appeal thing with the CBCS versus the CGC. Like the CBCS label is just ugly. Like when you stare at it, it's kind of like, ugh, like it's just like a piece of paper just thrown into the slab. Where CGC like puts a little bit more design into their slab labels, which I think makes a big amount of difference to a lot of people, man. Like just the eye appeal of seeing the book in there in well, sure. the, C- the CGC case is so much better than the CBCS. But when it comes to grading, like I tend to I tend to lean more towards CBCS, like as far as like trusting them to to like actually make the the right grade,
0: not PGX. <laughs> <don't
1: think> I, <laughs> I Sorry, think,
0: PGX people. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't think I've ever, I, I've never actually seen, I've never held a PGX book in my hand. So I, I mean, I really don't know what they look I like aside a, from a few I, pictures.
0: I have a couple. I have a Next Men like twenty one that's in PGX. I should probably crack out of that.
1: Oh, you, and you got to yeah. call it by the red It's John Burns' Next Men. You oh, got to say the full my title. bad. My bad, <laughs> my Otherwise, bad, you, you're going to get me banned from Burn Robotics <laughs> again. <laughs>
2: I'm mean, inside joke I, number
1: three,
2: I, yeah, I, I <laughs> totally uh, I totally uh, agree with most of what you just said right there, Zach. Like, you know,, uh, I think Cbcs is actually a better grading company personally. Like, uh, I think the rules are and the parameters are more aligned out, and it's consistent. like CGC, I think, is so overworked and is so overwhelmed with stuff that, like, you know, you can get books that go in like a 9.8 and come back a 9.2 and then go back in as a 9.6 and, you know, like, it's sucks because, like, if you have a book that you is, like, an investment grade, especially if you have, like, a signature attached to it, you yeah. know, because they have their signature program, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. is just very, very tough. Like, <laughs> one of the recent debacles was the Todd McFarlane signing where, like, you know, people sent in nine eights and got books back that were like nine four, nine six. And yeah, that even with a signature, that drops the value like so much. But that mm-hmm. should really show fans and people collecting that, like, you know, is a nine six any different than a nine eight? You know, um, my most recent, like, really big purchase was um, my bone number one that I got not long ago. And I got a 9.6 because like, you know, we're talking thousands of dollars difference in a 9.6 versus 9.8, you know, and I see no difference when I look at it, you know, yeah. I don't see any difference like in comparison. So, um, and that's a huge, huge book, you know, like, right, yeah. right. but a book that costs like $1,300 compared to a book that costs $9,000, yeah. you know?
0: But yeah, that's and that's where that subjectivity is like so difficult, and so and just the inconsistency is so frustrating from a collector's standpoint. Uh, and even if you were strictly a flipper of books and you weren't necessarily a collector, um, I think it would even be frustrating at then.
2: Oh, for sure. And I mean, like again, like if you're getting your books signed and they come back a lower grade with a signature, like. You know, I've seen people get really upset, but I'm like, why are you upset? Your book came back signed right. with a beautiful yeah. signature. Like that's your book. Are you selling it? Or are you collecting it? You know, like, and that's where the difference is. And, and that's I, why- I think that's
0: i I think that's a great point. And I think that's I guess, you know, I could spend all night, you know, talking on a podcast about like the cons in, in regards to CGC. Um, but I, I think that's also one of the things that puts a big strain on a lot of creators, especially at cons at times. I know Jim Starlin has Ooh, had yeah. problems, you know, because I mean, we have like this, you know, signature verification service. And, you know, if someone, you know, turns their head for a moment while they're standing there, if the verif- verifier turns their head and, and is unable to authenticate that book, you know, when Jim signs it, then it's a huge deal. It's a huge problem. And it's just, I think things like that are crazy. And sometimes they hurt the industry.
2: There's, yeah, there's two ways. It's helped and hurt, you know, because CGC has made like a standard and they've created their brand. Like, you know, when you talk about like uh, just Google it, you know, you might not be using Google as like your search engine, you know, but that's the same thing you do about like CGC. Like when you get it slabbed, you're talking about CGC or getting it CGC graded, even though you might use like Halo, PGX or, you know, any number of different services which are, for the most part, fine, you know, in, within their own standards, but uh, you know, it's uh, the biggest thing is restoration. You know, CGC really came through and like, was able to detect restoration, and so people that were getting like old school books, like you know, golden age, silver age books that have been restored, you know, people that were passing those off is like, yeah, this is near mint, a nine four, but you know, it's been trimmed mm-hmm. or, you know, had color right. touch, you know, that's where that comes into play. And so that's why those books always garner that huge premium. But, you know, that bleeds into like our modern spec talk we're talking here. And that's why there's like the disparity between the two grades, which is sometimes unfortunate. Like, You know, I almost always, when I look for a book that like I want for myself, I don't look for a nine, eight, I look for something lower, you know, something that like I could get. That's like, cool. Like I mentioned my swamp thing number one, which is a 7.0 that I got for a hundred bucks that was signed by Bernie. You know, that's a, that's insane. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> even still, even if it was just someone who wrote on the on the. So is that assembly. is that
0: a book that you would ever consider cracking and sending, um, you know, to CBCS? Uh, because of the no, because I don't, of the verification. I
2: okay, I don't need it because I'm not selling it. It's not going anywhere. You know, it's in my okay. collection. Like Swamp Thing's one of my favorite characters, so you know, uh, you know, I don't need to. I don't need that. You know, even if that signature isn't real, per se, it's still a 7.0 I got for hundred dollars. That's right. fifty. The, right now, as as of what we're talking, that's fifty dollars below fair market value, or even two hundred dollars, or even a hundred dollars below fair market value for that book. Wow. So, you know, what it's it a. Actually, it's actually later. signed by the late Bernie Mac instead of you know Bernie Wrightson. Actually, that would be awesome because that'd be even more rare. (laughs) Um, That'd be even more collectible. But, you know, like, see, I purchased that book for me. I'm not trying to resell it or hope that it, like, increases in value, you know. But I, I, you know, but that's a little bit older book, so there's a bit difference. But, you know, if we're going back to talking just about strictly modern books, you know, you want the, it has to be 9.6 or 9.8, almost 9.8 because, you know, like zach mentioned there's there there's a huge difference in you know the dollars which is ridiculous a lot of times
0: like it's crazy and it makes it it makes it really difficult i think sometimes to to justify you know i mean especially when we see videos on youtube there was a really great video on youtube and i I wish i could remember um you know who was but he was essentially uh, you know sending a book into cgc cracking it open sending it you know into cbcs cracking it open and then sending it back into cgc just seeing what the disparity was the differences in grades and it was it was really interesting so but um you know we could talk about you know grading and and this type of thing you know all night long and kind of what we prefer um we want to know exactly kind of what our listeners prefer so if you guys can like contact us in our facebook group um you know contact us on twitter we really want to hear like what do you guys prefer like what are some modern grails that you guys are looking for what are some new books you're looking for uh, but yeah definitely let us know you know how you guys feel about cgc do you guys look for that 9.8 or are you okay with that 9.6 um you know and with that i kind of want to kind of move into the very kind of last phase of our show here um where we're gonna kind of pivot a little bit and we're gonna give uh, a question of the week to to you guys here in a second but um i did want to let you guys know all your listeners out there we're gonna have another episode after this so we're gonna actually keep this thing going which is um kind of crazy you know even though zach wants to quit i know that he's really busy with his dark <laughs> um, yeah <you> know, like, <laughs> hey man i got i got 50,
1: i got 50 issues to get through man that's yeah,
0: it's a it's quite the ordeal it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> like you know the ken burns version but but uh you know
2: Darkhawk. it's a good yeah. spec it's a good spec right now yeah. just a heads up
0: but our next episode is going to be a lot of fun for us because we're going to be basically diving into the 80s we're going to be talking about 80s toys 80s properties 80s cartoons all that kind of stuff that we freaking love that we grew up with Um, and so that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about and so our question is going to kind of revolve around that Um, so i guess the question of the week is a little sneak peek into that episode so this question is are you guys ready for this if you could be a I member... Read. Oh, th- there it is. There was a long, protracted pause there that you're going to have to edit out again. <laughs> and um, <that>. <laughs> <laughs> like, so if you could be a member of any 1980s cartoon team, so, you know, G.I. Joe, like whoever, Thundercats, which one would you
2: join and why?
1: Matt, do you want to go first or can I have the honors?
2: You do it, Zach. Ah,
1: that's what I like to hear. I mean, I, I can
0: go first if you want.
1: No, no. Well, first. Zach's
0: Zach's going to talk about how he's going to you know want to be part of Gem.
1: Yeah, obviously <laughs> they need a backup dancer. Um, Truly so... outrageous. <laughs> so my answer, uh, I'll just keep it brief because uh, the concept of the show explains uh, basically why I would want to join. Uh, aliens befriending and ultimately riding dinosaurs to fight other aliens on dinosaurs <laughs> uh, so I would be uh, part of the dino rider squad uh, I yeah. would mount a saddle on a stegosaurus and ride that bad boy into battle all day long you know what I mean
0: so why why stegosaurus why are you going that why are you going that route
1: well I mean there's a lot of reasons but uh, <laughs> I think you could bond you know like, it just feels like a stegosaurus I mean maybe a triceratops you, you want something with protection you know uh yeah it's got the plates a little spiky tail uh ankylosaurus uh, is also a possibility but he just looks really uncomfortable to ride there's a statement out of context (laughs) jesus
0: well now we have the title (laughs) of of our of our podcast
1: anyways dino riders for me
0: dino dino riders is a great pick what about you matt uh
2: i'm gonna go with a super deep cut and choose brave star I don't know if anybody was uh, oh, super yeah. big fans of Brave Star back in the day. Brave but, uh, Star! Yes. And, uh, you know, it's just a super weird oddball series that I just love from a childhood. So, like, that's that's my pick. You know, I had a na- Native American who uh, called upon different, like, um, spirits or spirit animals that gave him different feats. And it's in the future, so they're, you know there's like villains was riding, really like, out like by
0: his horse though like that that horse was just creepy man
2: Seriously. oh the horse that was like a um, like a person like a humanoid horse yeah like, yeah yeah yes. oh yeah very very odd um, because he could walk on hind legs right like he would, he was like bipedal he'd like walk around so that was yeah, like all
0: weird. of a sudden this horse has like pistols and stuff and or like a shotgun and you're like what's happening
2: yeah it, it was real weird but I love the toys when I was a kid. You know, they were like kind of like oversized toys. So um, I don't know. I always, I always really loved Brave Star, and I love the old cartoons too. Like revisiting it, like once I did, I was like, wow, this is awesome. So, what about you, though, Max?
0: Oh, uh, this is a. This is a brutal one because I have such a, a <laughs> you know, seriously such a love affair of all things '80s and all of these '80s properties. I, I really can't even. It's it's so hard to pick one. Code I really brother. think, yeah, and I, I mean, I think that mine would be. This is another deep cut. I I could super easily go with GI Joe Transformers, but. I'm gonna have to go with the Visionaries Knights of the Magical Light. If you guys remember um, that that action adventure, mm. sci-fi adventure, superhero line, I mean, I, I'm gonna have to go with those guys. I mean, if you've ever you know heard about these guys, if you haven't heard about these guys, you should check them out. They're awesome. Um, you know, they have like these weird holograms on the figures and stuff. Um, and they and they always like their their sigils, I guess, on them like allow them to transform into you know whatever their talisman is, the, whatever this sigil is, basically so cool. allows them. Yeah, it's really fun and really cool. I don't know what my creature would be, um, you know, because you have guys that, you know, um, like Leoric, who has a lion, obviously, and there's Ektar, who's a fox. Um, I'm not sure who my creature would be. I think right now, because of current times and maybe the theme of this podcast, maybe my um, talisman would just be COVID-19. And I could just, you
1: know. (laughs) I was hoping you would say Stegosaurus,
0: man. Oh, well, Stegosaurus. You know, but, um, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole about how you want to ride me, but, um, we're just going to, you know, we're just going you know, to edit that up. But, uh, yeah. you know, the
1: whole ending to this podcast is just going to be one giant edit. I can't wait.
0: Just edit, just delete.
1: Just you know, edit I, all of it.
0: Yeah. I think, I think visionaries nights of the magical light would definitely be mine. Uh, you know, those guys freaking ruled and we're going to talk a lot about all of these types of properties uh, we might even have a guest on the show. It depends on whether or not they can get their microphone to work, um, you know. And you know, we're going to be talking about GI Joe, Transformers, Visionaries, Mask, you name it. So all these go cool bots. properties that we love—GoBots, Inhumanoids, Inhumanoids, Inhumanoid. Muscle Man—I mean, you name it. It's going to be <laughs> mad <laughs> balls. <laughs> <Mad laughs> Ball. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we hope you guys listen. We're going to wrap up the cast. And where can we find you guys?
1: Matt, you go first this time.
2: Okay, mine is. I mean, <laughs> no. Mine is actually added. <laughs> that was a joke for people who have listened to the podcast. Um, no a continuity. You can find joke. me. Yeah, I, I knew you'd appreciate that. No, uh, <laughs> you can find me at Exalted Funeral uh Facebook. You know, Twitter, everywhere, Instagram. But you can also find me at Cosmic Skull Comics if you want to just see like all the random ding dong comics I'm collecting which is a lot of like modern horror comics right now at the moment so central um, yeah so there's a you know you can find me on any
1: of those and you can find me paper abyss comics Uh, you know I post stuff on there from time to time try to get a new one up at least every other day but uh, feel free to send me a message about uh, what episode uh, or what issue rather of dark hawk you'd like to see me cover next so one and two are in the books but also, anything we, else is open. Yeah,
0: we, we <laughs> except, still for, except
1: for War of the Kings. I won't do. I won't do the oh, fraternity, raptor fraternity bullshit. No, dude, oh, did I, dude. Even, did I even tell you? I read the Guardians of the Galaxy Annual One, and it had like a little Dark Hawk story in there where he gets, <laughs> he gets so he gets pulled into outer space, and uh he gets turned into a, a kid, like Chris Powell as a kid inside the Dark Hawk armor.
0: That's amazing no it's not yeah, why,
2: why are you so mad like i don't understand at least somebody's writing about dark hawk right oh, like, yeah, come
1: uh, on like, like there's there's so many other things you could do aside from turning him into a, a kid i mean well i think i uh, think
0: dark i think dark hawk daycare would be awesome but i don't know whatever Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, also just just so our listeners know um any of you guys that are transmit fans Still, please message Zach yeah, on his Instagram, do. Paper Abyss Comics. You know, tell him how he's wrong about that book, about how much you love it. He definitely wants yeah. to get those messages. So.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. I'm starting a little collage of all the, the hate mail I'm getting about the Transmit. So right. it's good.
0: Right. Well, great. I'm, I'm glad you guys, um, you know, said where people can find you. You can also find our cast on Twitter at Turbo Comics Cast. Um, You can find Turbo Comics at TurboComicShop.com. We're also on Facebook, so look us up there. And then obviously we're on Instagram because why wouldn't you be at Turbo Comics on Instagram? So definitely check us out. We're looking forward to seeing you guys on our next cast. I'm looking forward to talking to you, Zach, to you, Matt, about 80 stuff. And with that, we'll see you guys later. Whoop, whoop, woody, whoop.